This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. You know, we actually, it's funny. A lot of people think that the majority of our audience is black, like Northeastern, but we have a significant portion of our listenership that is white and Southern. So you actually are. So welcome. What would you like to say this morning? Well, I like, I love your show. I I, I, I tune in basically just to get a perspective on the issues and how they're being perceived by the black community. And I'm going to say something fairly provocative. I'd love for your take on this because when I listen to you specifically and also Clay and and, and, and the Black Eagle and all of the people on Urban View, mm-hmm. what I'm hearing between, now you don't say these words, but mm-hmm. to the ear of a, of a white person listening to your show, what I hear is that you all are desperate to return back to a segregated society. Oh, and I know that's a controversial thing to say, but when you you, you talk about your own police departments. You want to have your own courts. You want to have your own doctors, your own lawyers, your own. It's it's like you, it, we've gone full. Have we gone full circle? I mean, are we right back where we were in 1955? Or uh, you I know that? Oh, that's a. That's Can I please take question. this one? Uh, but before, this is an amazing question. But, but, Dr. Hudson, just before you do, I, I definitely want to, to have you bless the mic with your response. I just <laughs> I just wanted to, to, to just be clear that, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing about wanting to have a black medical force or a black police force or black educators for black children. The, the challenge that we have, Doug, is that by not having those things and by going along with business as usual, usual, that means that we, the community that has been traditionally the most disempowered by white supremacy, if we don't have and do things for ourselves, then we basically just have to hope and pray that we find the good ones, the good whites. We got to hope and pray that we find a good white teacher for our kids, not just in this class, but every single class K through 12. We got to hope we find a good white at a banking institution who's going to be able to see our humanity and not do what white bankers have traditionally been trained to do, which is to redline us and deny our loans. We got to hope we find a good appraiser, a good white appraiser, who's not going to operate in the traditional uh, racism that has called, literally had states create laws to prevent racism and appraisals, even though they still exist. If we don't have a black um, uh, architect, we got to hope we find a good white architect and here's the thing there was i believe it was malcolm x who said if i'm in a room and there are a thousand snakes coming at me then i might find the one or two that are good but that means while i'm sorting through the one or two that are good there are 998 deadly venomous snakes who are heading my way to take my life so what you call a return to segregation i actually call self-preservation because unfortunately doug we don't have enough good white people who are doing the good white work of convincing the rest of your your white supremacist embracing relatives family friends 
bosses, co-workers, neighbors, doctors, lawyers, teachers, educators, professors, and architects, and electricians, and cable workers, and newspaper people. We don't have enough good white people teaching all the bad ones to stop being bad. So if we sound like we're talking about uh, embracing blackness and, and, and building up black medical doctors, it's because we die more when we're with white medical doctors. If we're talking about having black teachers, it's because we, our children are sent to a school-to-prison pipeline when they have white teachers. So there might be some great good ones. And, Doug, I think you might even be a good one. However, y'all ain't doing enough. The good, y'all, you're not do, just not doing enough to convince the rest of y'all people to stop taking us, taking from us, taking our lives, taking our land, taking our resources. And, and so that, it might sound to an uninformed ear like we were saying we want to go back to 1955, but that is actually wrong. I don't want to go back to 1955. I want to go back to, I don't know, the 15, 14, 1300s before the Great Interruption to warn African people there is a group of folks coming. Now, they might have some good ones, but the vast majority of them are coming with guns and weapons and they want to traffic you by the millions to a land that they stole that's miles and miles away they'll never let you out they're going to create a legal system and a political system and a health system and an education system and a banking system and an economic system all based on keeping you oppressed uh, repressed and suppressed and then as soon as you realize what's happening and you try to do for yourself they're going to say you're reverse racist so it might sound like that to the uninformed ear but not to the good ones Dr. Hudson, did you want to have? Did you do you have any thoughts about this? Um, I th I think about this all the time. It's not that my answer is yes. I do want to be segregated again. Um, but the the reason why is because of precisely what you know, Lurie just enumerated was just. I don't think. I think it's futile to continue to petition the system. It exists as it does for a reason. And it's for, you know, like white people, it works really well. I, I don't know that they'll ever tire of its benefits. Um, but it feels protective as well in a different way where it's just, these day-to-day -day interactions that we're talking about, like structurally, yes, it would be wonderful if we could, you know, build communities again. We had them back in the day. We tried, y'all bombed us, um, but. And now we, not only did they bomb us, Dr. Hudson, but now the, the, <laughs> the lawsuit from the three survivors of being bombed yeah. can't even get reparations and they're still alive. Yeah. So exactly. I don't know. Doug, when, when you hear these comments, does, does that change your perspective at all? Do you have any follow-up thoughts? Just one one quick follow-up thought is that it, you're kind of confirming what my suspicion was, and I think your guest said it as plain as possible, and that is, yes, we would desperately love to go back to a segregated society because we don't have trust. I hate being portrayed as— It is trust. Doug is hold on, on, hold on, this on morning. Yes, yes, you you are indeed, Doug. But I, I just want to hear hear this last comment. I so appreciate this exchange. Uh, you you were saying that yes, we do want to go back. Just finish that last part, just so we can get your I full thought. I was just thought. saying it, it, it. It's just so distasteful to be viewed as a with 998 vipers coming for you, mm. and you might have two two of us might be okay, but the other. I mean, people are listening to this program. Their yeah. young minds are being shaped by this 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 verbiage and. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've got my perspective is a little different. I'm almost 70 years old, so I can remember what it was like in 1965. I remember 
going in when I was in my early days in corporate America, going in and seeing how many black people were not in the room and then seeing over time how much progress. I mean, there's many vice presidents, board members, lawyers. I mean, I, you know, again, by my perspective, being as old as I am, I, I see, I saw considerable progress being made. But boy, in the last four or five years, I've just seen race relations, particularly between blacks and whites, just deteriorate to a very depressing state. Just the last four or five years. Doug, I have a question for you. Do you have black neighbors in your community where you live now? I live in a very nice neighborhood. My home's worth over a a million dollars. And in our neighborhood, there's 60 homes and 12 of them are black people. We live right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a very vibrant black community. Mm -hmm. And personally, I mean, I I get along with every single black person I know. And I just am desperate for things to get better. And I just get depressed sometimes listening to. Well, because you live in, in, I'm not going to say your community is diverse. I mean, 12 out of 16, out of 60, that feels like, what, a fifth? My math is not really that great. But Dr. Hudson, you're a scientist. I'm like it's like a fifth of your population. Yeah. yeah. So are, are, what what ra- what anti-racist groups are you a part of, Doug, that might inform us that there is hope out there, that there are white people who are proactively working to undo racism? Are, are you a part of any? No, there's where oh. I fall short. I don't actively oh. I mean, I, in my heart, I don't feel I'm racist, but I don't take an active role in my community to really do anything about it. So here's the thing. And, and I, I, I want to say thank you so much for the spirit of this engagement, because here's yeah. the thing. Most of the good ones, Doug, are like you. They don't actually do anything to help minimize the racism. They appreciate diversity where they can find it, and that's great. And for them, living in a community where one-fifth of the population is black, out in North Carolina, which used to be a majority black state before you know, slavery and race, I'm, I'm just saying, it, it, there's not enough of you who see what's happening and care enough to do anything. There, We have the Pew Research Center that says 75% of white Americans do not actually have a single relationship with any black person. That means even if we were being generous and a quarter of the white folks out there do have a substantive, healthy relationship with black people, how many of that quarter are actually doing anything to convince the other 75% to move out of their positions of power? And here's the thing. Jane Elliott, who is a melanemic person who we appreciate on this show, a white woman who has had said in rooms of white people, even the good ones, because you got to be a good one if you're going to go sit down uh, in front of a Jane Elliott speech. And Jane Elliott will ask them all, Stand up if you're willing to trade places with a black person. And never once has someone stood up because the reality is even the good ones know that life for us in this country is artificially intentionally created to be awful so that those good ones can still benefit along with the 75% of bad ones out there who don't even care enough to have a relationship with a black person. So while it might feel uncomfortable to be likened to a bunch of vipers who are coming at us, my life cannot depend on your comfort. My ability to stay alive cannot factor into your comfort because your comfort, I mean, there were good ones who would walk past the lynching and shake their head and say, darn it, that's a shame. And then would keep on going home. They'd still do business with the lynch mob. They'd still live in the town with the lynch mob. And so being a good one and and even being uncomfortable at being compared to a viper, unfortunately, that is something that you should probably take up with an anti-racist therapist who can help you figure out why it is in your 70s, having seen 
seen all that you've seen and then seeing over the past few years this escalation in white nationalist violence and, and seeing an escalation in, in the retrenchment of rights. And literally, you have been alive since before the civil rights movement. You have seen the rights that we secured during the civil rights movement be taken back from us and still wonder why we might want our own. That, to me, indicates, Doug, that you should do some study. You need to do a little bit more digging, a little bit more investigating as to why you are comfortable with one-fifth of your population in your community being black outside of a black city in a state that used to be predominantly black because of the slavery. It means that you should uh, find out what anti-racism work is happening in your community and get involved in it and then do the work of making sure that there's at least four vipers that won't kill us. And because if you can increase it to four, you've doubled the population, and that is good work. And we just need people to be less concerned about the reaction that black people have to being constantly oppressed, repressed, and suppressed, and get busy figuring out why it is your community is so invested in continually oppressing, repressing, and suppressing. I think that would be a better use of time. Dr. Hudson, do you have any other thoughts that you wanted to share? Just, just that, you know, I think in terms of sometimes it's easier to kind of relate things to other historical events and certainly here um if you're 70 um you certainly remember what fascism was like um never went anywhere but now it's like doing big things again and just as then um now if you are silent and comfy and cozy you're complicit i'm sorry yeah like you can't live in yeah. i've always we always have this argument but you can't live and thrive in a nazi society and not consider yourself a nazi mm. and that's just that's just what it is and as far as why and whether we'd want to be segregated i mean obviously not we're all humans we want y'all to act like you got some cooth and stop murdering us but until nice. we can all agree that we're being hunted i mean what rabbit would want to make a life for his family in the den of a wolf oh girl chimney christmas on a cracker